Welcome to the Freedom from Empty podcast. This is Booth Andrews, your host. Happy to be back with you for episode two. Drinking some coffee this morning. The last time we recorded, we were it was evening, and so we were having enjoying some craft beer while we recorded. And this morning it's coffee, so we'll see which one's more fun. So I wanted to talk about um, what it's like or what can happen when we live our lives from a framework of never enough. I run into this frequently with people that I talk to and clients and friends, uh, people that I mentor. And I think often we don't even realize that we're doing it. We don't realize that we're operating from a space of not good enough. And so I want to spend a little time sharing some of my own story around realizing that I was operating from that space and also kind of the cost to us as human beings when we do that. When I realized that I didn't think I was enough, um, it was actually in kind of a, in the opposite situation that you might think. I had been, I was a finalist for the 2012 YWCA Tribute to Women here in Knoxville. And I was really ambivalent about receiving the award or not. My mother had passed away a few months before, and so I I know that was part of the mix in terms of if I did win, she wasn't going to be there to see me win. And, And so I know that was part of it. But I was in my closet one day, and I just kind of had this aha. You know, I think my mind in my process, I was just a little processing, you know, what it was about the situation that was making me feel kind of uneasy, maybe. And, um, you know, I realized that whether I won or didn't win, I wasn't really going to be satisfied with the outcome, which seemed very odd to me. I've not generally been motivated by awards per se. And so I was trying to process what was happening. And I kind of had this aha that I felt like whether I won the award or didn't win the award, it didn't really matter because it wasn't a reflection of um, me being adequate to win the award, Um, that I really believed, part of me believed that absolutely that I was, you know, as qualified as anyone to win it, but there was a deeper part of me that didn't believe that I deserved it. And it was very odd to me, as I said, I, you know, it was odd for me to have kind of that energy around whether I cared about getting the award, because that's not really something I'd spent a lot of energy on in the past. So the next question is, okay, so why do I not feel like I'm enough? So I'm standing in my closet and I have this thought that regardless of whether I win the award, I'm not good enough. And the next thought is, good enough for whom? I didn't know who I was trying to impress. At this point, both of my parents had passed away. I didn't have a boss I was trying to impress. And as a general rule, I haven't been particularly motivated by what other people thought of me in my life. You know, every once in a while, there's someone that I, you know, establish a connection with that I very much care what they think. But the general population, I'm not I'm not very motivated by what other people think of me. And so I'm standing in my closet trying to figure out, you know, who's telling me that I'm not enough? Who's telling me that if I don't win this award or if I do win this award that I'm 
that I still don't measure up. And I realized that it was me telling me that. Um, I, it wasn't certainly that clear at the time, you know, I, I, but it, it really was kind of more this deep recognition somewhere inside of me that, that the message was coming from me. I don't think I'm unique in that space. Actually, I know I'm not unique in that space because I talk with people all the time who are struggling with feelings of not being worthy and not being enough. The reality is that we get lots of messages when we're young. You know, our caregivers give us messages about what behavior is okay and what behavior is not okay, um, what they want to, you know, what what they think that we should do more of or less of. You know, when I was young, you know, I was emotionally and physically abused by a third-party caregiver, and my parents were generally physically and emotionally absent. The message was very clear, both spoken and unspoken. If I wasn't getting what I needed, whether that was love or protection or care, it was my fault. If I was good enough, I would be loved. If I was good enough, I would be safe. If I was good enough, I would be valued and celebrated. And if I was good enough, my needs would be met. There's a story that I have maybe unfortunately held on to for a long time. It was, there was a time I brought a test home and showed it to my father and I'd gotten a 96. And he asked me where the other four points were. Think about deflating, you know, a small child when they bring home a 96 and you're, and, and the, the response is, well, you didn't get a hundred. What is wrong with you? Many of us, if not all of us, receive these messages over our lives that tell us that if we just did more, behaved more, achieved more, if we were more like our brother or our sister or our cousin, things would be okay. Sometimes we also receive opposite messages that if we were less demanding, less trouble, smaller and quiet, if we didn't ask things or, or require things of other people, things would be okay. And these messages can be explicit or implicit in those subtle and not so subtle messages that we receive from our caregivers. If we were just more or less or perhaps a mixture of both, you know, more this and less that, then we would be okay. We would be loved and valued. We would be cared for and protected and celebrated and loved in just the way that our heart and our biology crave. In both cases, the standard becomes perfection. The problem with perfection is twofold. Number one, it's subjective. And because it is subjective, because we're, if we're looking outwardly to get that, um, to get that validation, to, to be told and to be treated as if we are worthy, but we're looking to that other person, we're trying to live up to someone else's definition of perfect. And in my case, as a child, that, that definition of perfection kind of lived on a sliding scale. It wasn't ever clearly defined. You tended to just run into um, the traps that were like, oh, wait, you're not supposed to go here. And by the way, you went here and now there's trouble. Um, but perfection is subjective. And because it is subjective, 
again, when we're looking externally, it's an unattainable standard. You know, we're not ever going to measure up to someone else's definition of perfection. And half the time, we don't even know what it is. So we're continually striving for something that we cannot see and we cannot define. And, and again, potentially is a moving standard. So I got those messages when I was young, but then we internalized those messages as children. We internalized them, again, because our biology requires us to do what we must do in order to survive. So we learn to survive and we learn to behave and not behave in certain ways in order to get that validation and approval, that human connection and community that we require in order to survive. We internalize those messages physically in our body, mentally and emotionally, um, actually in our, you know, in, our, uh, in our nerves, in our nervous system. We've internalized these messages. And so one day we grow up and we may no longer be consciously living by someone else's definition of perfect, but we've internalized then this expectation that we will be perfect or that we will continue to perform in order to earn value and worth. And still, even if it's an internalized message, it's unattainable. We can't get there. And so the problem with both of the scenarios, whether we're looking for someone else to approve and validate us as adults, or whether we're looking inside and seeking that approval and validation that maybe we never did quite attain when we were young. It's like living our lives in a way that we are so rooted in fear of never being enough. It's like pouring water into a bucket that's got a bunch of holes in the bottom. We keep trying to fill the bucket. So we achieve things, we do things, we try to live up to other people's expectations. Perhaps we even morph ourselves and our needs to align more closely with what other people um, are demanding of us or what we think they demand of us. Sometimes we even make progress and we look down and we're like, okay, my bucket's full. I'm good. Life is good. I'm good. Everybody's okay. And then the water starts leaking out of the bottom of the bucket and it might leak slowly or it might leak out almost as fast as you pour it in. And instead of patching the holes in the bottom of the bucket, I think sometimes we don't even realize those holes are there. We just keep pouring water in the top. And, you know, again, that water may be, you know, yourself, your energy, work accomplishments, awards, degrees and certifications, or maybe it's, you know, exercise and endurance events. Maybe it's shopping. Um, maybe it is, you know, different types of, of substances that, that help us feel like we can get through our day. We keep pouring all of these things into the bucket. We might even, you know, explore self-care. We might do massages or pedicures or, or you know, play video games or, or whatever it is that we do that makes us feel like we're taking time for ourselves. And still the water is seeping out of the bottom of the bucket. You cannot fill a bucket that has holes in the bottom. You just can't. And yet we might live days or months or weeks or years still trying to pour the water into the top of the bucket. And we exhaust ourselves. It becomes the very definition of running on empty. 
because we keep pouring the water in the bucket. We keep doing the inputs. But the inputs aren't ever going to be enough if we don't fill the holes. Before you can patch the holes, you have to know they are there. I'll say it again. Before you can patch the holes, you have to know that they are there. And in my conversations with with clients and friends and mentors um, and mentees, it is a common thread. You know, not enough. I didn't achieve enough. Um, Everything from, you know, an Olympic swimmer to... Uh, a mom to a professional you know, business person, they're pouring water into the top of the bucket and they still feel empty on the inside or they still feel afraid on the inside. They're still afraid they don't measure up. They still, they're still afraid they're, that they're not good enough. You know, I had lunch with someone just the other day and you know, my takeaway, this was one of my takeaways from that conversation and you know, after he left, I, you know, I just texted him. I said, you are worthy. We have to believe that we are worthy in spite of our accomplishments or our lack of accomplishments. We have to believe that we are worthy and valuable just by being on this planet in order to learn to live our lives in a way that we're not pouring water into an empty bucket. Before you can patch the holes, you have to know they are there. You have to have the awareness that some of the messages that are driving you forward are messages that may no longer serve you. They're telling you that you have to be good enough or you have to do more or you have to perform at a certain standard in order to earn your place and your value on this planet in order to survive, and in order to thrive. Part of the work that I do with clients is to help them unwind those messages. One day we wake up and we look at our lives and we, we're not really sure how we got where we are, but we know that we don't feel peace and we know that we don't feel joy. And we may feel completely empty and completely exhausted. And part of what has happened there is that we are living our lives pouring water into a bucket that has holes in the bottom. And the only way to recalibrate our lives into a pattern of belief and activity and relationship and and vision and goals for our future, the only way to craft that vision in a way that is supportive of our well-being is to spend time understanding what the holes are and to spend time understanding what those messages are that we have internalized about our worth and our well-being and our value that no longer serve us. That is part of the work that is built into the Freedom From Empty programming. But I'm here to tell you today that you are worthy. You have value. And you are enough. And all of those things are true, regardless of your accomplishments, regardless of your work schedule, regardless of whether you have perfect relationships or balance life and work and family perfectly. Those things are true, whether you got the gold medal or didn't, whether your business was an incredible success or whether it crashed. No matter what you have or haven't accomplished in your life, 
no matter what mistakes you've made, no matter what, you are worthy. You are enough, just as you are. And so I encourage you to spend a little time this week reflecting on your motivators. What are the things, what are the motivations, what's the energy underlying your activities? What is the energy underneath how you spend your time? What is the energy underneath how you feel when you're still? Is it a peaceful, contented, full energy? Or is it an energy of fear, of not being enough, of not doing enough, of still somehow having to earn your place in this world? You cannot fill the bucket if you don't know where the holes are. So this is Booth Andrew signing off. You can find me at more information about running from empty. Uh, You can take the running from empty quiz and find more information about the freedom from empty programs at boothandrews.com. I would love to hear from you uh, and to hear what's really going on in your life, uh, what's working and what's not working. Until next time, thank you for listening. This has been a Humble Pod production. Stay humble.